when you try me with a mediocre question, that's the result you're going to get. <laughs> uh, starting left fielder. Uh, Ichiro. No! God, please, no! No! There is some potential there. If he would just, I don't know, use his brain. Um, <laughs> because, especially, I mean, come on, man. Jerry Depoto's the GM. Who the hell knows? Looking out my window and this FedEx driver just hit a tree. You are no gentleman. And neither are you. Hey guys, what is going on? And welcome back to the Soto Mojo podcast. This is Colby Patnode, and I'm joined, as always, by Ty Gonzalez. Ty, uh, how are you feeling today? Doing pretty well, man. How's it going with you? Uh, it's it's going, man. It's going. So You know what, man? I'm going to see the Mariners in person this week. That's pretty awesome. That is pretty awesome. Um, Finally, like to, you know. Yeah, you, guys, you guys have the chance to, you know, go drive out to Seattle and blah, blah, blah. You know, meanwhile, I'm up here in Toronto and I got to wait for my one chance every year. And hey, they're coming, uh, they're coming next year because the schedule came out yesterday and they're coming next year uh, in June. So it's going to be pretty nice when they come next year. Nice, nice. Also a chance that Justice Sheffield gets called up uh, to make one of those starts. Yep. Uh, but also a chance it's a bullpen day. So you'll get to watch Matt Whistler <laughs> and Reggie McCain. Uh, <laughs> But, well, I think uh, the I think the Sunday game that I have the really good tickets for is going to be Kikuchi, uh, but I'm waiting to see if uh, Sheffield starts on Saturday. Um, that Kikuchi outing is going to be a one inning outing, by the way. Oh God! <laughs> I, I don't. I just that that'll be the one that they rest him on. Oh um, my God! I'm going to watch <laughs> Reggie McClain. <laughs> they looked pretty good, by the way, the other day. Yeah, I'd yeah. like to point out there. Um, but yeah, anyways, guys, on today's show, we are going to talk about, uh, the recent promotion of Jared Kelnick. I'm also going to get into Edgar Martinez weekend a little bit, uh, pretty short show, just not a whole lot going on with the Mariners. They're not good. We know that, um, it's a little too early to really dive into, uh, the off season type of topic. So we're kind of in this lull, I would say, uh, not a ton to talk about that we haven't already. You did, uh, however, uh, post on the site your uh, top 20 free agent targets. I did, so I, guess, I did. I guess it's not too, too early for off-season talk. <laughs> well, you know, just, just kind of a... I'll, I'll say this, man. Talking free agent this year is going to be relatively short yeah. because there aren't... I honestly don't know if there are 20 free agents that make sense for the Mariners all that much. Mm-hmm. Um, I certainly came up with 20. Um, some of them are stretches, uh, admittedly, but... Uh, I just, man, it feels like a trade kind of winner for Jerry DePoto. Um, But uh, we'll see. I I do think uh, there are a few names on that list uh, that make a lot of sense, and I would be absolutely thrilled to see. Um, And uh, maybe at the end we'll talk about one or two of those guys. We'll see how long this goes. But uh, anyways, let's let's start with uh, the big news. Let's start with Jared Kelnick getting promoted to AA Arkansas. this was kind of a scary situation for a while because he was pulled from the game in Modesto and we really didn't know what was happening. We thought maybe it was another injury um, because it's just kind of rare for a minor leaguer to get pulled out of a game to get called up if it's not because of an injury to a big leaguer. Um, but, you know, we come to find out that the Mariners traded Ian Miller, who uh, best of luck to you uh, in Minnesota. They traded Ian Miller to Minnesota which means they had an opening for an outfielder in AAA. They called up a AA outfielder AAA, which means, well, you guys can do the math. There's an opening in AA for an outfielder. 
And no, Kelnick was pretty much crushing it the last uh, the last few weeks in Modesto. So uh, he gets called up to Double A. So Ty, what was kind of your initial reaction, and uh, what are you feeling now? Uh, pretty much like everyone else, surprised because um, you know Kelnick uh, was just now really getting uh, getting adjusted to to uh, the high A pitching, um, and he was crushing it, you know, uh, but. Uh, it it was really uh, really surprising that they made such an aggressive move with not that many games left in the year, and you know they're they're letting him have a, a taste of Double A because that's you know where we figured he was going to start twenty twenty anyway. Um, so they're they're letting him jump into that. He's also going to be coming into a postseason run with them, uh, and he's going to be playing with a lot of players that the Mariners hope to build their future around. You know, you think about Logan Gilbert, Kyle Lewis, Evan White, Cal Raleigh, uh, Justin Dunn, Justice Sheffield, etc. They want these guys to, to come together and, and build this culture from within so they have this familiarity already established by the time that they get to the big leagues. And, you know, have, being able to go to a postseason and this team looks like it's going to run away with, with the championship. Um you know, obviously we'll see on that, but, you know, there's a good chance they might win a championship together. And, uh, you know, that's not nothing um, for building camaraderie and building a culture uh, between these guys. When you, you know, when you hope that these guys become the face of your franchise, you hope that Jared Kelnick is the face of your franchise in three years. Um, and you hope guys like Justice Sheffield and Logan Gilbert and Justin Dunn are headlining your rotation by that time. Uh, so <clears throat> we'll uh, we'll see how that goes, but that's really exciting. Uh, I totally understand why they're doing it, and uh, so far so good for Kelnick. He he had a multi-hit game last night. Uh, he's only two games in uh, right now, uh, and already has three hits, has an RBI, has a stolen base. I think that's the one thing that we don't talk enough uh, about with uh, Jared Kelnick's game is he steals a lot of bases. He's really fast, um, and that's just another element to his game that's just really dangerous and makes them so exciting. So I'm, uh, <clears throat> I'm really just, I'm absolutely thrilled. Not sure what this does for his timeline exactly, but I think maybe now this gives you the outside chance that he might be up with this team in September next year, or uh, that he'll have a chance to make the team uh, right out of spring training in 2021. Right. I think timeline wise, it in general moves it up a month or not at all. I don't, I don't think it's a massive jump. Um, like you said, we were, we uh, kind of assumed that he would start next year in double A anyways. Um, so they make it happen a month early. They get him into a postseason run. They get him around uh, the guys they consider building blocks of the future. It's kind of a win-win there. And maybe Kelnick can help them win the, uh, win the championship. Um, it's also a possibility that, you know, they call up Kyle Lewis in September and they lose Lewis in their postseason run. And Kelnick's the guy that they, they call up to uh, to help them win that, and I, I do think winning that Double A title is important to the Mariners, um, or at least the Mariners think it is important to the players there that they win that uh, or be given the opportunity to win it. I should say. So that's why I don't think you're going to see guys like Justin Dunn and Kyle Lewis and Ep, probably not Evan White at all. But um, I don't think you're going to see those guys until the playoffs are over in mid September at the earliest. So. Mm-hmm. Um, now Modesto won their championship last year, right? I believe so. So and now you know now some of those guys come over to Arkansas and they might win the Double A championship. So you know that's that's a true testament to to the talent that that has been added to this to this organization. And 
and how they've uh, continued to develop and add more pieces to, to this farm and everything. And that's, that's really impressive. Uh, just from an organizational standpoint, that's really, really, really impressive. That's not nothing to, to overlook. I think, you know, the, uh, the thing going back to Kelnick, I think he, um, he's still going to start 2020 in double a, mm-hmm. uh, I don't really, I mean, and then honestly, he do you could, think he will, yeah. Do you think he will even play in triple a, is there even a point? Uh, I can't really answer that right now. There may be yeah. um, in a year, but um, there may not be, <laughs> you know, um, yeah. there's, you know, we've seen there may not be any reason for Kyle Lewis to go to AAA at all. Um, it's just how valuable is going to AAA this year, really. Yeah. You're a hitter, everything is inflated because, you know, it's a ridiculous hitters league. Um, if you're a Unless pitcher, you're Tim Tebow. <laughs> Yes. Well, Tim Tebow of the 25 WRC plus, um, it's, it's, it's okay. He's good at other things. Um, not really sports related, but, uh, you know, one absolute great athlete, college athlete, absolute yep. horrible pro, um, yep. <laughs> pretty much everything. So he's consistent. So there you go. Yep. Um, consistency is key. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't know if Kalnick needs triple a next year. I think, uh, it may just, I, think there's a pretty good chance he just spends all of next year in double a um, yeah. maybe gets a september call up maybe not i don't think it's really all that necessary um like and that that goes for this year too i mean is would it be cool to see kyle lewis get a few at bats in seattle at the end of the year yeah is it important mm, probably not yeah uh, I, now let me ask you this if if Kalnick crushes it you know continues to hit well this month and into the playoffs etc and then you know goes into next year and crushes it for three months do you start maybe considering calling him up in july you know now that he has like five months of really good double a ball under his belt he'll be 21 at the time that's not too far-fetched no i mean it's it's not a ridiculous um idea i just you know, it's hard for me to. I, it's it's hard for me at this point to say anything before twenty twenty one opening day is a bit of a stretch. Mm. Um, and you know, like I said, but if Kelnick goes, you know, he handles his own this year and he goes into next year, and you know, he's hitting three fifty with a, you know, four twenty on base and a five fifty slugging, and he's you know, showing that he can handle center field and he's, and he's handling the breaking balls and he's going the other way with authority, you know, and he's still taking his walks and he's cut his strikeouts down a little bit. Then, yeah, I mean, it's, it's possible. The Mariners are going to call up Kelnick when he's ready. Um, I don't think they're going to try and um, hold him down for service time uh, situation, maybe at the start of 2021. Um, but if he's ready next year, I think he's probably going to get a September call-up. If they don't view him as ready, I think he has a really good shot to make the club out of spring training in 2021. Um, I would hope at that point the Mariners aren't all that worried about service time issues, um, You know, it being six years out at that point. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. Um, I just, I don't know. I don't want to get my hopes up. I think 2021 is still a fair and... Uh, reasonable expectation for Kelnick. And if he doesn't come up at 2020, it doesn't mean that he's a bust. Um, it doesn't mean the Mariners didn't, you know, make the right call or anything. It just, you know, 
sometimes things happen. Yeah, uh, yeah I think Kelnick is a little bit ahead of where we probably thought he was. Um, I thought he got promoted. Um, you know, I, I thought he'd probably just finish the year in Modesto and maybe play um, in the Arizona Fall League. Uh, but now he'll probably go to double A and he'll wind down his season there and that'll be it. Um, hopefully with a championship. So like I said, it, it's, it was surprising, but it's not because it was a, a bad move. It just, you know, wasn't really expecting it and they did it. And okay. Like, like there's really no downside to moving Kelnick up to double a with a mm. month to go. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll, we'll see how all that works, but it is, it is fascinating that you look at the, the lineup. What was it yesterday or the day before you were talking about Evan White, Kyle Lewis, Jared Kelnick, Cal Raleigh, Donnie Walton, Dom Thompson, Williams. I mean, and justice Sheffield was on the mound or something, some Justin Dunn. Maybe it was, I mean, Holy cow, that. LJ Newsome, yeah. Yep. That is a yep. lot of talent there. All the relievers in the bullpen as well. Yep. Think about that entire bullpen. You, you, know, you, made, a, you made a good tweet uh, the other day about, uh, you know, if we replace the, the current Mariners bullpen with the Travelers bullpen, would we notice a difference? I don't think so. I, or I think, yeah, we would notice a difference. The Travelers bullpen would be better. Like, like it's, just, it's such a good bullpen. It's such a good team, top to bottom. Uh, I just I don't see how another team in the, in that league can can uh, can uh, compete with them, especially you know uh, with with Tulsa now. You know Dustin May is is with the Dodgers. Um, you know that that's a huge hit to them. And yeah, I, I called up to AAA a few weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, so I, I can't imagine how how any team is going to beat them uh, in a in an actual you know series. Um, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. A lot can happen there. But, uh, yeah, yeah, Kelnick up to double A. Um, we talked a little bit about who we expect to be called up last week. Um, I still think it's Sheffield is a definite. Um, I, I think Kyle Lewis maybe um, after the, the series in double A. Um, and I think Justin Dunn may get called up. And he may get like a bull, like a, an inning out of the bullpen or something. But I don't know if he actually pitches. Um, and I think Jake Fraley and Shedlong um, mm-hmm. from AAA. I think that's about it. I, I, like I, said, I really don't think Evan White is going to get a chance, um, and I, I don't think you need to give him a chance. I think Evan White's probably going to start next year in AAA. Um, and, you know, Evan White still has some things he needs to prove. Uh, he, needs, he needs to get to his power more. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly something he needs to do. Um, so, you know, maybe in AAA – if you put Evan White in AAA right now, he may hit 40 home runs. I don't know. Probably. I mean, he's, a, I mean, he's but, been cranking them the last couple of days. Yeah. Lately. Yep. We're starting so. to see the power. So just leave him there, down there where he's comfortable. There's no reason to call him up. Uh, yep. Leave him down there in AA. Let him try to go win a title. You bring him into spring training next year. He'll get a pretty serious look. They'll send him to AAA, and he could be up by May or June. Uh, totally possible next year. So no reason to really rush Evan White to the big leagues this year. Um, so, yeah, for me, it's Fraley and Shed Long. Uh, and then Justice Sheffield, uh, those three I feel like are locks. And then Kyle Lewis, I would say probably, but not until after the season ends in Double A. And the same for Justin Dunn. Uh, and then you know there's probably a handful of relief, two or three at least relievers that'll get called up as well. But uh, yep. in terms of big names, those are kind of the the five that I would anticipate. Yep. 
This is probably a good time to mention that we are starting our top 40 uh, Mariners prospects list on uh, SotoMojo.com. Today I put up our honorable mentions because mostly I nominated more than like 50 names. And uh, I, you know, Colby gave me about uh, 38 and we we put those together and did a little point system to put together a list and uh, had you guys help us out on on Twitter and everything, so we're going to be getting that out um, this week and then the next week. And uh, yeah, we started today, so let's take a look at uh, our honorable mentions uh, because there's just a lot of guys in this farm system that are are worth talking about now at this point. Um, beyond the list and even beyond the honorable mentions, there are some names that I didn't even get to, like uh, Diasonarius and Luis Liberato and guys like that that uh, didn't make the cut. But um, but yeah, so it's uh, that's going to be pretty fun to, to, to put together and um, put out for you guys. So uh, make sure you uh, go check that out, sotomojo.com. Nice plug. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <so laughs> let's go ahead. Let's shift to what happened this weekend, Edgar Martinez weekend. Uh, I was at the ballpark on Saturday and Sunday. Um, you know, it, it was it was pretty cool. Uh Ballpark did not sell out, which is uh, pretty disappointing. Um, but also, I found it poetically fitting. Um, <laughs> I, I did, because, you know, Griffey sold out, like, in two minutes. Um, and Edgar didn't sell out. There was about 30,000, give or take. Um, probably 30, maybe 32,000 um, on, on the uh, ceremony night, Saturday. Um, and, you know, it was... I would say it was intimate. It was, um, like I said, it wasn't, it didn't have the fanfare of Griffey because Griffey's a national brand. Um, but I don't know if it, it just, it felt very fitting for Seattle and Edgar Martinez, the quiet leader, the, you know, the guy who constantly played second fiddle, um, to Griffey for most of his career. And then each year over really the back half of his career, you, you know, it was, it wasn't quiet. It wasn't subdued. It wasn't sad. It was, yeah, that was a fine celebration. The uh, the empty seats was certainly tough to watch. Um, but for everybody who was there, at least that I was around and that I saw, um, there was there was just there was a lot of respect being shown, a lot of love being shown. Um, and so, I, you know, in a way, like I said, I thought it was I thought it was pretty fitting that, you know, Griffey gets gets the big uh, gets the huge celebration and Edgar um, gets the quiet, intimate, you know, celebratory dinner basically um or if he throws the blowout party edgar invites his friends to dinner you know it it, it just kind of felt like that the whole weekend and it it was cool um you know there was there were some cool tributes and all that stuff uh i i like that they brought a bunch of uh um hall of famers from other sports um from seattle i like that they did that um edgar's speech was really short and just kind of to the point who else was uh, who else was there? Who were some of the Hall of Famers that were there? Uh, Jack Sigma was there from the Sonics. Nice. Um, I've actually had a chance to meet him once. Oh, nice, nice guy. Yeah, uh, they they sat they sat him right next to poor uh, Apollo Ono, the speed skater. Oh, okay. And yeah. Apollo Ono is like five foot four. I didn't even and, know he was from Seattle. Yeah, he's from Seattle. He was there. Um, had a couple soccer players. Uh, their names are Casey Keller, I think. Um, from the Sounders, and there was a female soccer player there. Um, oh, I can't think of her name. I, I, I don't. Follow, 
Like the... No, no, no. It, okay. it was it was an older. Uh, oh, okay. I, I think from the first team that won the won a World Cup for the U.S. Oh, okay. Um, oh, okay. So I, I can't remember. I don't follow soccer. If you guys can't tell. Um, <laughs> uh, Kenny Easley was there. Walter Jones was there. Oh, that's um, awesome. There was another Seahawks Hall of Famer who was there. That uh, Steve Largent. Uh, oh, cool. uh, yeah, uh, obviously, you know, Griffey was there. Uh, a lot of his teammates. Ichiro was there, though he wasn't part of the ceremony. Um, I imagine that was because Ichiro kind of has his own weekend in September. And also, that's about not trying to take the spotlight off of Edgar on his week. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Ichiro was there in attendance. He just wasn't mentioned or any of that stuff. Um, I, I uh, yeah, Paul Ono was there. Uh, I think that was that was it for the the dignitaries. Um, so it was, and then obviously, you know, as many of the Mariner Hall of Famers as could be there were also there. Um, yeah. it, it was fun, you know. It was it was interesting. Saturday night, we had uh, originally we had seats in uh, East Section three thirty one, which is third level behind home plate. Mm. Uh, and, uh, you know, we get to the ballpark about three hours, you know, two hours, three hours before, uh, before the game starts. And, uh, we get a call from my aunt who was also going to the game and her boss had given her tickets to his, uh, his suite. So we ended up getting to watch the game from a suite, well, which, uh, it was, it was nice. It was nice yeah. to not have to spend money on food. And, uh, so, yeah, <laughs> that, that was a lovely. And then Sunday we were right back up in the, in the, in the 300 level and, uh, you know, it was it, it was fun. It, I wouldn't say it was I didn't wouldn't say it lived up to expectations. I thought it was nice. Uh, I thought it was uh, lovely. It wasn't a party like Griffey Weekend was a party. It wasn't even a party like the number retirement was last year. Um, I I just it, it felt like there was just so much like relief that we got Edgar in. You know what I mean? Like it's like yeah. hey, you know Edgar's in now. There's really no reason to like they're not going to kick him out. You know type of thing. So. It, it was interesting. Like I said, it was disappointing that the, the stadium didn't sell out. Um, also, but again, like I said, it also was pretty darn fitting, at least in my mind, that it didn't um, when you compare it to Edgar Weekend. But there there was definitely no uh, – it wasn't a lack of – you could definitely tell. There, it wasn't because we don't love Edgar anymore. Um, it, was, it, was, it was nice, I guess would be the word I would use. Um, I was, I wasn't at Friday's game. I can't speak to how, uh, they honored him there, uh, on Friday and what they did there. Um, but overall I, I thought it was nice is the word I would use. It was, it was intimate. It was, it was a little more subdued than you would think. And, uh, yeah. it was basically Edgar. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it felt like, yeah, it felt like Edgar. So, um, I, I, I thought it was fun. It was, uh, you would have liked to see him win a game in that series, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, that sounds fun, man. You know, I'm kind of, I'm jealous about that. I wish I could go to that. <laughs> but, got, uh, got a couple of Edgar Martinez street signs. They're nice. actually, uh, they're not plastic. So that, that was kind of, that was kind of nice. Um, that's cool. And they handed out like the replica pa- uh, plaque as well. Right. Yeah, they did. Uh, I'm not a big fan of replica plaques, to be honest with you. Um, mm. Actually, I'm really not that big of a fan of giveaways in particular. Mm. Um, if it's a T-shirt or a hat, I want one. 
Um, if it's a bobblehead or a plaque or a street sign, I'm like, eh, if I get one, cool. If not, eh. yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it, it was. <clears throat> it was nice. um, I saw. You know, we end up going with like five or six people and somehow our house ends up with five or six uh, of each item. So um, you guys ever want an item, you can just you can ask me and there's a good chance I have it and I will give it to you <laughs> for a price. Of course, um, <laughs> No such thing as a free bobblehead. Um, but yeah, it was overall it was fine. Um, so we got a little bit of time here, so let's let's go ahead. Let's dive in real fast. Let's talk about the uh, let's talk about the top twenty that I put out just real fast. Okay. Uh, do you get a chance to uh, look at it? Are you familiar enough with it? Yeah, yeah. I looked it over. I'll pull it up now. Um, so I have it. I have it up now. Um, so yeah. Um, pretty much, you know, as expected. You know, a few veterans to to buy on that you can potentially trade mid season. Um, you know, obviously, I'm a big fan of Derek Dietrich especially for what he did to the Pirates <laughs> this year. Uh, yeah, there was um, definitely a little bit of a theme there with Dietrich and Puig. Like, yeah. let's get some swagger, man. Let's. I want a let's... brawl. I want, a, I want the Mariners to get in a brawl at some point soon. Maybe, maybe not. It doesn't even have to be like the, the Pirates and the, and the Reds type of brawl. Although that, would that would be fun, be, though. <laughs> it would be fun. Like, but, you know, even just like a shouting match where they kind of meet and they're like, you know, pushing each other and all that. Just yeah. something. Yeah, yeah, man. I especially like if we do it to like a team like the Astros and get some of their guys suspended. It'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's that's the whole goal goal right there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I like the little swag. Uh, yeah, adding some uh, some fire this year that would be fun for me. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, taking advantage of, of of some opportunities to to trade some veterans, you know. Uh, that didn't go as as well as you would hope this year. Um, you know, when you look at some of the other teams that were you know able to capitalize on some free agent uh, veterans that they got and stuff. But um, you know, for the most part, I think um, yeah, I think it's a solid list. You know, I, I like uh, I like most of the pitchers that you mentioned, especially Alex Wood. I would love to get Alex Wood. Uh, he's fantastic when he's healthy. Uh, that would be a huge get. Uh, even someone like uh, you know Rick Porcello. Uh, to take yep. a chance on a big name that's coming off of a really bad year, uh, it's still going to cost quite a bit. But you know, um, even then, you know that's that's kind of a that's kind of a name that you you can't ignore, um, especially if they're, if you're the Mariners and you're now you know with things like Jared Kelnick getting called up and possibly being a Mariner as soon as the start of 2021. Now you think maybe that that goal is more realistic to you. Uh, so maybe, you know, maybe that changes their plans a little bit going into, into the off season. But for the most part, like you said, you know, there aren't, and you say this in the article as well, there just, there aren't a whole lot of free agents that you can really justify for the Mariners right now. Even someone like Mike Moustakis, who, who lands number four on your list, there isn't a, like a, an obvious fit there you know, because you still got Kyle Seeger, uh, and still have to work around that and their, you know, and his contract and everything. And, you know, are you going to be able to trade D Gordon, et cetera? So, um, you know, we'll see what, what Jerry DePoto's plan is going into, in, into the off season see what he does, especially if he is successful in being able to trade D or, you know, uh, or, you know, and get some of these other veterans off of his roster, um, which should open up spots and see how he, how he fills that up. 
Um, so obviously, like if, if I could come away uh, with one of these names on the list and be super happy with my offseason, it would be Colin McHugh. Um, I really like Colin McHugh. You do as well, obviously. Uh, I think that's that's kind of just one of those names that you know he's not going to be flashy or anything, but he's a guy that you can carry for relatively cheap and is going to be a stud for you. Yeah, I mean, I think people only really remember Colin McHugh as a reliever, and he he was good in uh, eighteen and seventeen as a reliever. Uh, hasn't been so good this year, um, but. From 2014 to 2016, he was a really solid number three type of starting pitcher. Um, and so he still has the insanely high spin rate on his curveball, also on his fastball. I, I still really like Colin McHugh. And if it's, you know, if he wants to transition back to starting, yeah, I would give him a, I give him a one year or two year deal um, to let him try that. And uh, if he wants more, then I, I don't have a problem with that. He's 32 years old, but he, again, he doesn't have the same number of, innings as a 32 year old starting pitcher um, because he's pitched out of the bullpen the last three years. So I, I, I like McHugh a lot. Um, obviously I ranked him number three. Um, the guy that will probably, if I update this, the guy that will probably move up will be Alex Wood. Um, he could go as high as two, honestly. Yeah. Uh, I, I love that idea um, for the Mariners. He said, you know, you guys should go read the article, but uh, just real fast. I mentioned that, in 2017 and 2018, he logged a total of just over 300 innings with an 8.5K per nine, a 2.3 base on ball per nine, and just slightly over 50% ground ball rate. Um, those are number two type of numbers. Uh, those are legit number two, uh, high end number three, low end number two type of numbers. Um, in those two years, he racked up five and a half wins above replacement and at about a 3-4 fifth. Um, the reason that you can get him is that he missed basically all of 2019. Um, and he basically missed all of 2016. So, uh, two of the last four years, he's basically been unavailable. Uh, the other two years he's been really good. Um, he's only, uh, 29 years old. Uh, he doesn't turn 29 until January. Uh, he'll probably want only a one year deal, but man, if I could give him, you know, three years, $35 million, and take that risk on that upside, that has a chance to be a, a huge home run for the Mariners. So, um, yeah, Alex Wood probably next time around is probably going to jump guys like uh, Porcello, Waka, Odorizzi, Mustakis, Pineda, um, McHugh, probably. Um, yeah. I still, the biggest name on the list, guys, uh, not not to be spoilery or anything, but uh, hopefully you've read the article before you've listened to this. Uh, Zach Wheeler. Um, yep. I feel like Wheeler's the guy who, if the Mariners are going to spend big, quote unquote, on, Wheeler's the one who makes the most sense. Um, just, I just, I don't. Do you see Garrett Cole or Steven Strasburg or Anthony Rendon as options on any kind of level, like any realistic option? Not really, unless I think I think Rendon is a slight chance. Just, but that you would have to overpay for him. Uh, Why would Garrett, he come here? Yeah, Garrett Cole is going to get his money wherever uh, he wants to play. Uh, really, uh, same for Strasburg. He's just going to get the money wherever he wants to go. Really, 
uh, even with how poor the free agent market has been for the last two to three years, I uh, just those kinds of guys. It's going to be hard for to uh, to take them away from the from you know the New Yorks and the Los Angeleses and all that of the world. So, um, yeah, I, I I just can't see the Mariners prying uh, those kinds of guys away. But hey, you know, with the way that the position player market has been. Uh, Last couple of years, yeah, I could see Anthony Rendon maybe falling through the cracks and maybe getting to to the Mariners uh, to where he would actually legitimately listen to an offer from them. It also depends on what the Nationals want to do there. Are they going to pay for him? You know, they didn't pay for Bryce Harper. Um, and we already know they still have to pay Strasburg. They have to yep. pay Trey Turner here pretty soon and obviously Juan Soto in a couple of years. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think... I just I, I asked the you know I, you asked the question of particularly those three those are kind of the three big names left on the market Cole Strasburg and uh, Rendon um, why would they want to come to Seattle unless you're overpaying them right yeah and I mean and, like you you can sell Rendon on perhaps on you know we're building what you kind of had in Washington you know there's this we got a we got an exciting budding superstar outfielder potentially and we got a, a bunch of solid pitchers that are going to be up in about a year if or if not less you know there's there are positives to signing with Seattle at this point because you know that you know maybe their timeline has been boosted up a bit you know they they might be competitive at least in 2020 to the point where they might compete for a wild card or at least be in that mix for a few weeks. And, uh, I, I think it's easier to sell a position player on giving up one year of his prime. Um, you look at, you know, Manny Machado went to the Padres about a year before they were really ready to compete. Um, and that's because the market that Machado wanted to be there really wasn't. And so it's possible with Rendon, um, like I said, I would say it's like a 3% chance maybe at most. Yeah. Um, and then with Cole and Strasburg, I just see that as basically zero, um, particularly with Cole. Um, just, I don't think pitchers are going to want to give up a year of their prime, um, when they're going to have a humongous market, like Strasburg and Cole should both get over $30 million a year. Mm. Um, Zach Wheeler's not going to, uh, Obviously, the Mariners are going to – I mean, the Yankees are going to be interested. The Red Sox are going to be interested. So Wheeler, again, low probability that he signs. But when you take into account age, um, overall, uh, you know, kind of value on the market, upside, uh, you know, floor, ceiling, uh, Wheeler is just kind of the perfect fit. It's just – it's a really tight fit. Um, Mm. But I still think that, you know, the Mariners – if the Mariners sign Zach Wheeler, I think that moves up their timeline a little bit. It also makes them uh, much more aggressive. It could also allow them to be much more aggressive going and trading your Justin Dunn, your Justin Sheffield, your Logan Gilberts, and going out and getting that impact bat that you're probably not going to be able to buy in free agency this year. Mm. Uh, so I think that's why Wheeler's number one for me. Um, so I got a question for you, though, or for you that sure. that kind of stems from that or from the uh, Strasburg Cole talk at least. Do you think that once the Mariners are ready to win and, and we assume that they're going to be 
big buyers in the in uh, the market in twenty twenty in the twenty twenty one off season. Do you think that they would? Do you think that they will ever give a pitcher thirty plus million? Like, do you think they will ever successfully sign a pitcher to a thirty plus million AAV deal in the next uh, two years? No, no, I don't think so. I think, you know. I wouldn't say I'd be surprised if they gave a position player $30 million. Um, it's just, you know, Jerry kind of got forced to sign Pujols and Josh Hamilton to these mega deals that he didn't really want to sign. And it just never really seemed like that's been Jerry's MO. He always thinks I can find somebody almost as good for cheaper on the trade market. Um, but at some point you're going to have that money to spend and you're going to need to spend it. Um, I just think he would much rather, you know, spend it on a Francisco Lindor type uh, than he would a Garrett Cole type. Um, and I, I think, you know, you look at the draft of this year, and I think that kind of points to that of, you know, let's develop our own pitching because that's that is crazy expensive right now. Let's develop that. Let's build that as the strength of our rebuild, as kind of the core of our rebuild, and that's going to be what the market is going to value. So. Um, you know, six years from now, could they pay Logan Gilbert $30 million? I mean, maybe. He's probably not going to be worth $30 million. I don't think Gilbert's an ace. Um, but if he is, you know, would they be willing to give him that money? Maybe because they developed him. You know, they know him. I don't think they're going to go out and say, hey, Garrett Cole, we've never, you know, we've never worked with you at all, but here's $38 million to not sign with the Dodgers, you know, or the Angels. I just I don't think that's going to be the case. So, no, I, I don't think, you know, and I think they're going to be really careful. I don't think they're, you're going to see them ha- have more than one big contract, um, you know, because having Cano and Felix and Seager and Cruz and Segura basically taking up most of your payroll, that really limited what Jerry could do, um, wow. you know, free agent-wise and trade-wise. So I don't think he wants to get back to that point. I think he wants to remain flexible. He's going to get Felix off the books this year. He's going to get D Gordon off the books next year, if not sooner. Um, you know, and you're going to, I mean, obviously he's going to have to start paying guys like Narvaez and Hanniger in, in uh, arbitration, but they're not going to be anywhere near the, you know, $27 million that Felix is costing you this year. Um, yeah. So I, I think they may eventually spend $30 million on a player. I don't think it'll be a pitcher. Um, and I wouldn't be shocked if they never do it under the DePoto regime. Um, But, you know, there are certainly going to be guys who are worth it. So we'll see what they decide to do. Well, you know, Jerry made that comment once about, uh, you know, right after the the Paxson trade that, hey, James is going to be a free agent agent in two years. You know, so um, there's a possibility of that. We'll see how that goes. I don't Um, think... James Paxton, he, $30 million. No, he's not. A, no, no, no. I'm not saying that, but that's going to be a pretty high, you know, substantial contract for James Paxton still. Right. I, I don't think that they're going to be afraid to spend money. I think it's going to be, they're not going to go. The crippling contracts. But even the James Paxton is probably going to make somewhere in the mid 20s. Probably asked for the Patrick Corbin contract. Yeah. Which I, I can't remember off the top of my head. Do you? I don't know. I think he's making twenty-seven and a half AAV. Just off Let's the top see. of my head, but Patrick um, Corbin is 
30 years. He just turned 30, so I think he'll be two years younger than Paxton will be when he hits free agency. Um, oh. He got – Jesus. Um, so this year he's making $19 million, then it's 24, 23, 24, and then 35. So okay. a big jump in the last year, but you know, you're looking at 20 million, that's 70, 95 million. You're looking at 125 million over five years or something like that. Uh, so yeah, I think that's, oh, here we go. Six years, 140 is the official count. Yeah. Okay. I think, you know, Paxson not at being as healthy as Corbin has been. Um, also being a little bit older when he hits free agency. Um, I think, you know, probably five at 125. You know, maybe four at 100. Yeah. I think that's reasonable, and I don't think that's something that will scare Jerry DePoto. Um, I think the 10-year, you know, $350 million contract <laughs> terrified Jerry DePoto. And, you know, unless you're giving that to a guy like Francisco Lindor, there's really no reason to give that to anybody. Um even, you know, a guy like Bryce Harper or Manny Machado. Yeah. So we'll see when the time comes. But, yeah, I, I don't think they'll be afraid to spend money. I think more than anything, they'll be afraid of the eight to ten year deals. Is The years are what is what's going to prevent Jerry from spending money, not the uh, not the actual dollar AAV yeah. count. So, yeah, we'll see how all that goes. All yeah. right. Anyways, anything you want to say, Ty, as we, uh, we wrap this up? Um, no, I think we covered everything. Uh, you know, uh, guys, uh, keep an eye out for our top 40 prospect list. Uh, that'll be on the site. Uh, and, um, you know, now's a good time to get a minor league uh, baseball uh, TV package. It's only 30 bucks a month, and I think you can get a discount with some sort of code uh, as well because uh, you'll want to watch that our yeah, you, as you yeah, can tell, you, we are not sponsored by MILB TV. Yeah, we're we're not, but uh, yeah, we're open to uh, that opportunity though. If you guys are listening, <laughs> so, yeah. for sure, hit us up. But uh, yeah, you, you guys would uh, should definitely check out the Arkansas Travelers. Uh, pretty much every player on, uh, or every big name player on that team might be uh, a centerpiece for this uh, for the Mariners in a couple years. So uh, a lot of lot of amazing talent on that team. Um, Really, really exciting team to watch, and uh, they might they might do something pretty special down there. So, uh, yeah, uh, that's my recommendation. Uh, so, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's that's about it for me today. I think definitely a team worth monitoring. So, anyways, guys, thank you so much for listening to the Soto Mojo podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any new episodes. Also, make sure you visit sotomojo.com. Like Ty mentioned, we have. Uh, our top 40 prospect series starting honorable mentions are out already. We also have our top 20 uh, free agent targets uh, for the Seattle Mariners, potential targets, whatever you want to call them. Um, you know, spoiler, spoiler alert. There really aren't 20 free agents that make a whole lot of sense for Seattle, but I did my best. So live with it. That's also on the website, sotomojo.com. Make sure you follow us on Twitter. If you have any questions or comments or concerns or ideas, uh, we're always open to uh, to listening to uh, those those ideas. So uh, follow us on Twitter at Soto Mojo FS. Um, I, I think that's going to uh, wrap up our podcast today. Thank you guys so much for listening, and I will see you in another life. Peace out. Peace.